listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. If you could have a mutant power, what would your mutant power be? Have we not done this? We have, but no, it... it I haven't done this. It probably changes, like personality test results. So you should um, answer the question and just get, you know, stop wasting my fucking time. I'll answer. <laughs> Go ahead. I want the Bill Cosby power. I want the power to fuck someone and them not to remember. Oh my God, Sean. Because um, <laughs> I'm I'm terrible. I'm and that's because I'm terrible at it. I'm I just laugh at, at this it point because uh, it's, otherwise I'd be gonna pull my my hair out. So. Akbar. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's like thirty seconds into recording. 30 I think seconds, I think yeah. that's I think New that's record. a record. You're welcome. Congrats. Yep. Oh, and I apologize for the echoey sound. I am in a large conference room because of uh, charter internet going down in Southwest Colorado. Which is awful. So I apologize for the echoey sound that you're going to hear so today, ladies and gentlemen. But mm. you can take solace knowing that someone's probably getting a pink slip because mm. of that. Mm. Hopefully. Anyway. I don't know yet. Come back to me. Okay. Sean, you already said your is it really is your Bill Cosby power the power you'd want to be, have as a mutant? No, 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 no. I want a combination of, well, let's see, mutant powers. Would you consider Spider-Man's powers mutant powers? No, because he got bit by a radioactive spider. Correct. Okay. Well... Okay, so I'm going to... All right, I want the combo of Spider-Man's powers and Wolverine's powers. I want to be able to heal, web sling, sh- and I want—I basically just want to shoot a web at somebody, pull them towards me straight into my blades. That's all I want to do. You realize that if you your blades accidentally come out while you're web slinging, you could cut the web and kill yourself. Uh, no, because I'll have the healing power, so I'll just splat and then regenerate. Unless you're, unless you're talking about organic web shooters, in which case... They may be impervious to your own claws. Mm-hmm. Like, there's logistics you have to work out here, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it takes finesse, like working around any power, okay? I if know. X-Men First Class has taught us anything. I know what I'd want. I'd want teleportation. Teleportation? Yeah. Mm. With or without you blue be able skin. to bamf? <laughs> Could I go bamf? Yeah. <laughs> I'd imagine my sound would be more of like a, like a queef, like a... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there she goes. At bar. <laughs> Act there she goes again. Um, I think that's Roxy's first. So act wait, bar. within like what kind of distance range? Well, it'd be just like Nightcrawlers. If I've seen it before, I could go there. Okay. So if I see a picture of it, I think I could go there. Okay. If I imagine it in my mind's eye, clear enough, I could go there. But then, much akin to like that old Dane Cook joke, you know, if I fucked it up, like only half of my body would go there. You know, my ass wouldn't come with me. Like I'd fuck mm-hmm. it up and get all like I'd, I'd probably end up like. In a palm tree, you know, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> impaled on a coconut. Oddly enough, no palm trees anywhere near me. Just ended up in a random palm tree. Yep. <laughs> it <laughs> in was the middle it, of, like, it literally just been like planted. It was transplanted <laughs> that day and she ruined it. I know. Yeah, no, but mostly I think it'd be really fun to just be able to pop around. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Save a lot on airfare. So I feel like in the past I would have said something like me- uh, reading minds at will. Um, meaning I can control it. So yeah, it's not like yeah. a constant flood mm. of shit. Like you know? Right. Yeah. However, thinking about it more, um, at the risk of my own sanity, I think I want like comic book Scarlet Witch's powers where she can alter reality. Ooh. I want to be really fucking powerful. <laughs> wow. You'd be like a human 3D printer. I would basically <sighs> try to... Alter reality so Donald Trump isn't running for oh that kind of reality and, that, yeah. and that's the last time we'll bring up his name on his yeah, podcast. That's, but um, anyway, so you, Brian? I I kind of I think originally in the past I said like telekinesis which would be fucking awesome, mm-hmm. 
But um, I actually, I think I kind of want like the male version of the Carol Danvers Captain Marvel, where like she's got, cause even though her powers super were given to her, super strength and flight. I would say Rogue, but Rogue didn't technically have those powers. She stole them from her. So, um, yeah, it's just, like I want to be able to fly really fast and have super strength. Hmm. Um, and exert your male privilege. Brian, you're saying you want to be Superman without yeah. well, while going Marvel. No, exactly. yeah. no, because no, I don't want necessarily want heat vision or, or X-ray vision or freeze breath or yeah, super you do. Hearing. Don't lie. I don't, want don't any, lie. I don't necessarily want those things. I want to. I want to be strong and I want to fly. Like mm-hmm. it's. I'm, I'm asking for two of Superman's powers. Two. I think that's pretty fair. And See, by the way, to talk about male privilege for a second, I'm idolizing a female character enough that I want her powers. Okay. What the fuck is wrong with that? I just she want to ask the question. No, nothing's wrong with that. Okay. She's just teasing you. Pulling your cord. <laughs> if, okay, you guys, if male privilege was a superhero, what would its powers be? <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it would really, it would be the trouble to, it would be the power to not get in trouble for anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it is. The, the Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> the power to live in life without consequence. Oh, just wow. to be huge, to everything to be huge, huge is what we want to be. <laughs> <laughs> This is what we do. This is what we do. We do. I will say that, like a good, ch- like I feel like the of the more realistic powers that are the powers that you guys chose and stuff like that. The, the reason why I don't think I would pick any of those is because I feel like they would draw way too much attention. Mm. So, like, so, but altering reality doesn't alter. Yeah, no. Well, no, because no. if I'm altering reality, I can alter reality so as people aren't really realizing well, that just I'm altering. Like Jean Grey. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just like it's exhausting, it, though, uh. isn't it? Well, Jean Grey didn't alter reality. Scarlet no, but Witch when altered. they when they got into the the prison, um, basically shielding themselves from all the guards when they were going to get uh, Weapon X or to get mm. um, yeah, she made them invisible. Oh yeah, made her, yeah, yeah, made them invisible. But Xavier sure. did the okay. same thing. Yeah. In... she was altering perceptions though. Yeah, she was altering perception. Not she was pulling a shadow. Is what she was doing. Right. Yeah, she was clouding their minds. So um, you wouldn't necessarily do that, but no, it would that... be actually changing the fabric of reality. How's that though? You got to read the Scarlet Witch comics. So basically, it's basically like you can like bring people back from the dead. You Um. can like change reality. So as like say, I want to have like a life where I'm totally loaded and have Cabana boys and stuff like that. I can alter reality to be that (laughs) way. So wait a second, hold on. Does that mean that while I was on uh, a Colorado highway and some asshole is is tailgating me? That I can slam on the brakes, have him crash into me, and then just change reality back to that didn't happen. Like I can get my road rage out, but then erase it. Yes, like Groundhog Day. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, I'm taking Sarah's now. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me put it this way: Did you, did you ever listen to our first episode in Arizona history? Mm, no. Have you ever heard us bring up the mongoose equation? Mm, I think I saw that on the Big Bang Theory. It's it's no no <laughs> sorry we, guys no it was never on the Big Bang Theory uh, because if they did they stole it from us. It was the title of an episode of the Big Bang Theory. The mongoose equation, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. Well, they got it from us then because uh-huh. we came up with it first. So anyway, it's the rule of probability, mm-hmm. right? The idea that technically you could turn this iPad that I'm holding in my hand into a living, breathing mongoose. There's a possibility that could happen, but it is so small that it is technically considered impossible. So the idea is that the Scarlet Witch can modify probability. She can take things that are virtually impossible and make them happen. Hmm. So that's why she can augment reality. Interesting. In fact, she almost, she actually depowered most of the mutants on Earth when she freaked out. Sarah, I think your power should be militarized breasts. Wow. <laughs> that seems really aggressive. I, even though you're a I lady know. saying that, I feel like that's sexist. 
My breasts are made for love, not for hate. <laughs> no, I think that they could kick ass like in Austin Powers. And they are also a, a highly advanced <laughs> and and they are also a highly advanced warning system, as we've established. Yeah, that exactly. That they is be, true. They could be the new Weapon X. That's all yeah. I'm saying. And they're also a kitten shelf, as I found out yesterday. <laughs> I mean, kitten <laughs> shelf, Weapon X. Kitten shelf. You're not. That's your new nickname, Sarah. Kitten shelf. Great. So if Sarah you're sitting at home, shelf. Sarah, and you're sitting at home and it's really hot out, but all of a sudden they get hard, like it's cold. Are you like, I gotta? Check IMDb. I think like episode eight mm. script just got released online or something. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, they just kind of like vibrate. They vibrate. <laughs> they vibrate. Like the whole thing, or just like the nipples? Like no, like it's an internal vibration kind of thing. So like on the outside, it just looks like jiggling, but like on the inside, it's vibrating. <laughs> oh, just kidding, Brian. Mongoose Equation is Nerdonomy property. Yeah, it, it for sure is. I mixed it up. The Big Bang Theory has nothing to do with that. Never Thank mind. you, because otherwise I had to like find a fucking I retract it. On that note, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm a sad excuse for a human being. Hi, Roxy. I'm oh, hi, guys. <laughs> Sean Moriarty and I apologize. <laughs> um, so why do you think we brought Mutant Powers? Gee, maybe because we all saw X-Men Apocalypse. You are right. Mm. I don't know who you are, but yeah, good job. Um, <laughs> we all saw X-Men Apocalypse. Hey guys, guys, I have a, a confession to make. Mm. I was... 10? 10, 15? No, no, but, but I was 10 minutes late to the movie. And I walked in, spoiler alert, um, to the moment when the tomb was crashing down on uh, Apocalypse and his, like... That's like five minutes. Was that yeah. five minutes? Like five minutes, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? Because I... Okay, it must have been five because when I walked in, then the title sequence started playing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I yeah. didn't miss too much. But can you guys regale me in what exactly I might have missed? So, those, those well, it's basically... You didn't miss much. It was, a, it, miss was, much? it was a piece of the Ten Commandments that they cut out. <laughs> what? <laughs> so it, it, this is actually a great place for us to launch into because it doesn't make any sense what happened. So I'm glad you didn't see it because yeah. you, you actually probably have a more positive view of the movie because of that. Oh, so, no, I still think the movie was really slow and boring and makeup effects were really lackluster. Well, but, I thought I could well, at least try. But, we'll, but, we'll get into it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. spoiler, spoiler, spoilers, as usual. Yeah, as yeah. usual, yes. Whenever we're talking about a specific movie that's in the theater, right now mm-hmm. absolutely um so that being said um yeah so the movie opens up in ancient egypt and they basically establish right right off the bat that apocalypse has already been around and he's very old at this point he's old and blue looking kind of like ivan ooze he looks mm-hmm. even more ivan ooze mm-hmm. in that moment than he does later on um what and is it with it, x-men and the color blue yeah but he's but they're undergoing some ritual were in order for him to transfer his consciousness. Uh-huh. Yeah, but similar con- to the one that you see at the end, Roxy. Right. right. But what's confusing is that that's his mutant power. Like, he, he, he learned that power. He doesn't need a ritual or to invoke certain powers to be able to do that. But yet they did this whole thing where, like, they laid the guy who was Oscar Isaac. He was actually, it was both of them were him, but the human host looked more like Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. without the makeup. Um, and then so he like they did it and they started chanting and then all this like this power came into and like was going through the grooves of the of the the, the pyramid and going power up in and... the form of liquid gold apparently yes Egyptians eat not that mac shit and cheese but just up. like <laughs> mutant energy I guess oh my god if it's Egyptian if it's Asian Egypt they gotta have a ceremony I mean Egyptians love their fucking ceremonies so the thing that never explained that was never explained though was was it just apocalypse 
showing that he appreciated that ritual and was doing that so that they that to like appease his subjects or was it just it just didn't make sense it wasn't explained and for people who know apocalypse in the comic books it was kind of upsetting and i'm sure it was completely it was different than apocalypse in the comic books brian but i mean it was pretty straightforward that okay they're transferring his like consciousness and soul essentially into this new body because the other one he ages to a point where the body that he's in dies Will die, so he just got transferred into another body. That was pretty straightforward, I thought. The, no, what what was happening? But the why? Well, the sorry. need for the ritual. The why the need for the ritual? That's what I'm saying. No, I got that. I got that. That's what no, you were be, doing. Well, because Apocalypse also has to keep all of these people around him, believing that he is the god that he is, because he isn't as infallible as he thinks he is. So it's all part of his, and he and he's also very vain and enjoy and thinks that he is so powerful and is so. Full of himself that he needs that he feeds off things like that, like the worship right. aspect. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough, fair enough. That was the problem I had with the movie. It still from was fucking go. cheesy. It was a little cheesy in the beginning. <laughs> a no, little from the beginning. At the beginning, that's yeah. what I had. No, there was from this, the beginning. This of the reboot X Men films was. Are we considering these reboots? Yeah. How so? Well, X-Men First Class was like a prequel, and then the Days of Future Past was a full universe reboot by doing what they did, similar to what they did with Star Trek, where they someone went back in time and changed the course of reality, so now we have a whole different set of things we can do. Okay, and by incorporating previous cast members from the original uh, trilogy, as it were. And and in retrospect, there's a lot of problems with Days of Future Past, too, because why wasn't any of that stuff brought up in the first two X Men or three X Men movies, why is that? Why is the Sentinels coming into the play just now? Did someone else go back in time and augment reality again? And that's why they're going, and they're going back to fix it. Like a lot of stuff wasn't explained in that movie either. Maybe Brian. Well, Singer but, okay, was... you know my one defense and the defense for this forever for these comic book movies is these movies are for comic book fans. Comic book fans have dealt with a thousand and one fucking rebirths, reboots, new 52s and shit in comics so they can handle this in movies. That's fine. I mean, you can reboot however many times you want. You really can. It doesn't bother me in the least. But just explain what's going on if you are contradicting... If you're going to retcon, which is what they're basically now doing, you got to do it properly. And they're basically thing they're leaving holes and they're saying well okay you can fill it in your own head and i love the x-men franchise i love daredevil sorry daredevil sorry i love deadpool that's what i meant to say i love deadpool i loved first class and i really enjoyed days of future past and i and i really liked the second wolverine movie this was kind of a disappointment to me the movie i I didn't hate it but it was definitely a disappointment i feel about x-men apocalypse the way you guys felt about batman v superman let's put it that way uh if anything wow I felt more negative about Civil War (laughs) than I did about Batman v Superman. So I I, I guess I kind of see your point. And at the same time, like, the fact that all three of these movies were released in such proximity of each other, um, it's just kind of like, at this point, I'm feeling a little stimulation overload, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like this movie, and Sean, I think this is the point that you had made um, over the text thread that... If this movie hadn't been released so close to Civil War, I think it would have been um, uh, perceived a lot more positively. Yeah, well, that's also that's also the politics of the studios coming into play. That's Fox trying to keep fresh on Marvel because they own some of their property and they want to mm-hmm. they want to stay relevant too, right? And same thing with yeah, DC. Yeah, that reminds me of like the the five foot two, less than a hundred pound dude. 
who likes to go to the bar and pick a fight with the guy who he knows is an MMA fighter. It's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, I just feel like that's, I mean, it's just kind of how it is. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is for the people who aren't comic book fans, it, everyone just gets overloaded. For, for comic books, people like this is this is fucking nirvana right now it's just like i can't believe we're having all this shit coming out yeah. and all this other stuff is in the works like that that just is just like superman's gonna be on supergirl guys <laughs> i'm just saying like that's awesome that Which is so, superman though they don't know they're making their own superman it's their it's kind of its own universe and there's a lot of people who are hoping it, tom welling is gonna come back from small oh, <laughs> i wish can it be a hologram uh, I'm just saying, and I know that's a tangent, and I just branched universes and went into DC for a second. But nevertheless, lots of cool shit is happening. There was also the talk about uh, an X-Force movie, right? Uh, there's talking mm -hmm. about, I think New Mutants is even a possibility of being brought nice. up, too. Like, this is, we're getting into the C-list stuff of comics, which is still really good, but, like, really obscure for most people who are not comic book people. And it's happening, and it's awesome. So... That'd I'd love be, for them to make a Gen 13 live action film. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be awesome. I think now is the time to do it, yeah. too, because it would like, absolutely play. Hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, oh, man. Um, that being said, <laughs> with my problem with the opening, you know, I loved um, Sansa Stark as, as Jean Grey. She was awesome. I know. She's got yep. great hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where do we want to go with this? <laughs> I don't know. Where do you guys, like, I don't, why are you guys looking at me? How are you doing? Because <laughs> you, well, we've, I think we're all looking at you because you've talked the least and we're like, Sarah, we want you to talk. Yeah. <laughs> I've been wait. I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sarah, you and I both grew up on the X-Men yeah. cartoon and that's one of the reasons that I loved parts of this movie and actually enjoyed it overall mm -hmm. a lot yeah. is because it reminded me of so many things from the X-Men cartoon. It was like they were... Almost, almost the way that I think that new Turtles movie is doing. It's like give them a little bit of what they of what that that generation wanted from that cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess kind of where I'm feeling about. I, I feel like I need to talk about the movie, and I kind of feel like I need to talk about the X Men franchise in movies. So like, I consider the the everything from first class on to be completely separate from the first X-Men trilogy. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, it's just a different style of movie. Mm -hmm. um, so what happened in Days of Future Past, you know, retconning what happened in those movies, I kind of just ignore that because to me that just doesn't exist. Like, the they just exist separately. Yeah. Um, and they I, happen to have actors who are in both versions yeah. of the movie, basically. And I love Days of Future Past. I really, really do. For its flaws, whatever, I loved that movie. This one... Did not live up to it, but it was still no. entertaining. It was still entertaining. It was yeah. still entertaining. I felt like they didn't execute Quicksilver scenes as well as they did it the first time. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, the whole Sweet Dreams sequence was, I think, the best part of the movie. They were the best part of the movie. That was epic. Yeah. It was the best part of the movie, and I still that don't think three, it was executed That took three well. months, yeah. just that scene. Three months by itself. Well, I'm just saying, like, it, it was epic, and it did take a long time, and that's and that's awesome, it still wasn't as good as as the other one. Like the the poignancy of that other scene in Days of Future Past, I just feel like it wasn't as powerful. Yeah, and I it, also felt like the CGI was lazy in this yeah. movie. The CGI was crappy, mm. and if I'm seeing that level of CGI crappiness detail at the drive-ins, you know you're in trouble. Yeah. Like, oh, no. So yeah. I, and, I, and maybe I'm just nitpicking, but like, 
why wasn't Psylocke British? Huh. Like, Cause... Don't, don't get me wrong. Olivia Munn was awesome. Yeah. But, like, she, her brother is Captain Britain. Well, it, <sighs> maybe it doesn't even matter because she only had, th- like, two goddamn lines in the entire yeah. movie. That's another thing. I there know, were so many was underutilized. Awful. She was so underutilized. Yeah, there were so many. I mean, Jubilee was completely underutilized. If anything, well, she was great yeah. background uh, filler. Well, Jubilee's just not that great we, anyway. That's what they do. They've done that with her in every single X-Men movie. They show her to you in the trailer. They're like, Jubilee, we're going to show you fireworks probably. And then when she's in the movie, she's like, hi, I'm in the back reading a book because I'm in school and shit. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind exactly. of wish, like what I do appreciate that the X-Men franchise is doing is they are taking one storyline at a time. Yeah. Which is great. They're not overdoing it. It's one storyline, one comic series at a time, which is awesome. However, because they've gone so far away from what we loved in the goddamn animated series, which was truly true to the comic books, <laughs> to a certain extent, right. um, I feel like, you know, you could have all the debate about, like, oh, what characters do they own? What properties do they own? You, All the people that are in, like, the Marvel Studios Disney movies are not in the X-Men animated series. Can we just remake the X-Men animated series for live action and just yes. redo this? Yes, I um, love that. <laughs> so there so there's certain things here that I'm just yes. like frustrated <laughs> with. <laughs> right. I will call <laughs> into I will call into one correction for that. Mm. There was an X-Men Spider-Man crossover that, oh, okay. that took place. Oh, and it yeah. was the same yeah, characters, awesome. the same iterations <laughs> that we saw okay. in the X-Men. So animated leave that series. one part out because clearly we can't. But do yeah, that. but until mm-hmm. we see a movie where Gambit is essentially a superhero version of Pepe Le Pew trying to hit on every piece of ass around him, <laughs> yep. I am not gonna be satisfied. Yep. That would be oh my god. If Pepe well, Le Pew had Gambit's Channing, power. Channing and... Tatum's coming up pretty soon. <laughs> I maybe it's on the docket as maybe. Gambit. Maybe. Yeah, it's I mean been, that's been in development hell. So who yeah. knows? I I so yep. CGI I thought was lazy. Um, I thought the the plot felt it, it lazy. It melted a little slow. Good, it moved a little slow. Um, I thought Oscar Isaac did a great job. I thought he was pretty much unrecognizable, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. Um, I thought for what Olivia Munn was given, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Although. Again, like, should have been a hell of a lot more. If you're finally going to give me Psylocke, do it right. I'm glad they gave a lot of Storm a lot to do, though. Like, the, um, yeah. Storm had a really good arc, yeah. finally. Yes. Well, and and he did, he did, they did give a nod to her past by when he called her a goddess in the beginning. He gave kind of a nod to her actual history yes. in the comics, which was nice. Right. Um, and yes, so, the history that she was like a pickpocket, too. Yeah. Running around. Yeah, so there was... Yeah, and the, and they gave her the fucking accent that Holly Berry tried to do briefly in the yep. very first movie, and then they just abandoned it. Yep. And I think it's fascinating that they explain her white hair as because Apocalypse amplified her powers, basically. Yeah, what the fuck is up with these X-Men movies trying to explain where everybody gets their goddamn hairdo as if we care? <laughs> like, it's like, oh, this is why Xavier's bald. Oh, this is why Storm has white hair. This hey, is yeah, where Rogue I, gets her white streak. I, it's stupid. It's like before and after. You, like, you act like they spend entire scenes on doing that, though, and you just see it happen. That's all. Right. I, mean, I don't, like, th- But you don't need like, to see it cares. happen. I think it's silly. They didn't focus on that. You just saw the fucking hair fall off and turn white. Right. That's it was enough it was enough in it that I thought it was super silly. I yeah. thought it was a callback to when Rogue got her white streak. I, I mean, mean, it could have been a callback to when got, but either way, I think it's but silly. The thing is that like <laughs> as the, if it matters. <laughs> the the mutation gene takes on multiple mutations sometimes. Sometimes it's just a physical mutation in the case of Nightcrawler, where he looks you know, blue skin and has pointy ears and a tail and all that shit. And he has a power. Again with the blue. Or he just has a power. Or they just have a power. Like, 
Polaris, if they ever do Polaris, Polaris has blue hair. It's just because she's a mutant. That's all there is to it. Simple as that. She has other powers too, but she's she's a mutant. Like mm. like they don't need to explain like why Storm has white hair because she's a mutant. That's why mm-hmm. she didn't have the mutation. Also gave her no pigment in her in her hair. Fair. You know what? They, that's... Or maybe she just dies like that because she likes it. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, Everyone it's loves... two seconds of dialogue to explain it, and it's done. No, you guys, if y'all are fa- Come on. Everyone loves a good swan song or it's a, a good transformation story. Like, if you've yeah. seen Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair, Princess Sean. Diaries. Come on now. True, but the transformation story isn't necessary. With the, the, the bitching that I read online was about Professor Xavier's hair. It was like, we didn't need to see him lose his hair. It's like, actually, fucking yes, you did. Because if you're going to make the choice in first class that he has hair and you're moving towards what we know of as the X-Men, at some point, you just got to show him losing his hair. Well, figure it... out how you're going to do it, and you do it. I'm disappointed that it's not it a big was... fucking deal. <laughs> that was the only one actually I was okay with. I was actually just disappointed. <laughs> like, I'm disappointed that it wasn't just generic male pattern baldness that has happened through the series <laughs> of the movies. That would have been a lot cooler. <laughs> yeah. Like, if in Days of Future Past, he had, like, didn't have any hair on top, but just had, like, this fringy little, like, yes. curtain on the back, that would have been hilarious. You know, <laughs> I, I would right. say, though, we should have seen a whole separate arc where, where where Professor X is taking Rogaine and it's failing and he's crying about it. Yes, that would have been better. <laughs> yeah, been and and I hate to say it, but his whole interaction with Apocalypse and Apocalypse trying to put his consciousness into Xavier and Xavier having that brief little brush with him mm-hmm. kind of also explained how he was able to do it at the end of X-Men Last Stand. Sure. If, if these all do exist in one mega universe. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. he, they I now explain that basically that. he gained that power. Yeah. And I was like, I thought, huh, did they just revalidate the ending of X-Men for the last stand when I saw that? And I said, well, okay, you know what? Fair play. And that there's a reason to hate the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was so, I don't, know if they, I don't know if they revalidate it, but still understanding that it's within the scope of the same universe and presumably he has the same powers and the same abilities. So okay. that explains why he could do both in both movies. But um, I think Jean Grey's use of powers in this movie were fucking rad. Hang on a second. Speaking of which, uh-huh. yes, Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Oh. So it was awesome, but. Are they still going to the point where the Phoenix is the exp- the full extent of her powers, or is it that is it the Phoenix Force like in the comic books where she's harnessing know. it and she doesn't realize it's an external force? Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. Because she talked about she yeah. talked about how the, something beyond the power, a power inside of her, not talking about her power, but a power inside of her. So yeah. it made me wonder why haven't they made yes. a Jean Grey um, spinoff film? So presumably, uh. if they're taking if they're taking comic series by comic series there is a chance that the next one that they would attempt to do would be um the phoenix saga mm, i think it's that about time I, I was just thinking like i mean the first original x-men trilogy like that kind of felt like the phoenix saga to me in a way because she you know, was a well. lot of the the dramatic the dark phoenix yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If, if anything she had a huge a lot of plot points were made yeah know? but the the yeah. thing that i thought the dark phoenix was done pretty well in last stand though like that part of it was done fairly well. There was a lot of shit around. Oh it that right, yeah. I mean, the thing is, either way, Jean Grey didn't come into effect. Didn't she? Didn't interact with the Phoenix Force until she went to outer space and almost died. Like it was the Phoenix Force that actually saved her from dying. And they haven't even gone close to X Men entering space yet. So, 
I thought it was a uh, Wolverine. It's that you can't Wolverine be too dedicated to the her. comics, Brian. Like they're going to mix, they're going to give you the parts that people love, but they're going to figure out different ways to deliver them yeah. to you because they don't have the time to develop like six movies that explain how they went to space. Then they were yeah. in space. Then Jean Grey got fucked up in space. Then now yeah. they're back from space. And then we get to this. I'm going to, I'm going to quote Joe Quesada here. Uh, he, and he's been quoting and saying, you know, you have to develop a delicate balance when you're adapting these kind of stories. Sometimes people don't pay enough respect to the source material. Sometimes, sometimes people pay too much respect. I get that there's a balanced argument there. I think in this is the case, if this is just her full extent of her powers, then it's not showing enough respect to the source material. If it's the Phoenix Force and it didn't come into force with her throughout her space... You know what? Fine. They'll find up, come up with some other explanation. Fair enough. Yeah. But if it's just she gets so telekinetic that she catches fire, like that's <laughs> hmm. it, it just that doesn't do it for me. It just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't get you. See, I enjoyed that part, and I enjoyed like let's talk about the things that we did enjoy. Although overall, many people were disappointed. Michael I Fassbender. I fucking love Magneto's storyline. Michael. Fassbender. I love Magneto's storyline. Yes. I completely oh, agree. Yeah, with you. I thought his performance uh, and with him, how he tried to go straight and he had a wife and a child and everything got ripped away from him again. And how, with that fucking, the simple necklace from his daughter, mm. just ruined an entire fucking like squadron of people oh, was amazing. Yeah. And I enjoyed the Scott and Gene uh, relationship development. Yeah, yeah that was good that was too. Cute. Mm. I thought that was cute. With uh, Havoc. I was really involved. sad to see Havoc die. That was, yeah. that was really. Yeah. yeah. Bummer. And I mean, it just it was just sad. There's no other way of describing it. Uh, despite, I think, some of the issues with it, which I'm sure there, you know, obviously there were some issues with um, the part with Wolverine showing up. I was finally happy. To, wait. I was finally happy to see him fucking rage on some people and kill the shit out of oh, some people. Yeah. Like he actually was starting to go berserker like he does yeah. in the fucking comics. And, yeah, it was, the real and I was rage. so happy yeah. to see that because that's who Wolverine is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and He's you been could, a puss in the other yeah. movies. That's who Wolverine is. And He's been Logan in the other I movies. Because yeah, I, re- Brian, for a second, for a second, I remember right before X2 came out, I remember seeing an interview with Brian Singer going, we kind of toned down Wolverine in the last movie, but you're going to see full Berserker rage in this one in the school when they come in. And then you think about that compared to the Wolverine and then now the, at its pinnacle in this one, and you're like, oh, this is the real Berserker yeah. rage. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Um, what I also appreciate is this is another argument that, they've, that they're ignoring, for sure, X-Men Origins Wolverine, because in that movie, of course, it's the, <laughs> the adamantium bullet that fucking wipes away... Um, Logan's memory, but in this but remember, one, remember Brian, Days of Future Past went back and erased everything I know. from the seventies forward. I appreciate that. I'm saying that, that when Jean sees him and explains that when she uses her telepathy, that she realized that the procedure they used. She explained that the procedure they used wiped his memory, mm-hmm. and that she gave him, and that yes. it was very clever that she incepted one tiny memory of his. She was able to get some of that back. Yeah, which can also explain why he has such an attachment to her too. Yeah. Did you guys ever read the uh, X Men Origins Wolverine uh, graphic novel? No. Mm-hmm. Ugh, you guys, it's a fucking work of art. Like I would have loved to have seen it like directed by like Ang Lee or something like that. Yeah, you know, or someone. Like... Wait, is it po? Is it post the movie or is it the Weapon X story? No, no. this is the original. This, this is this is pre the movie. I think this is pre pre everything. So yeah. this is him as. <clears throat> so Logan. wait, was the comic actually called X Men Origins Wolverine? So it's 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 Wolverine Origins. That's all it's called. 
And uh, it was oh, okay. done in 2001. I, I, I have a yeah. copy of it. I love it, love it, love it. And it's basically a story of him in, in the Rockies, in, in, in the Wolverness. In, in the Wolverness. <laughs> the Wolverness. Um, in, in, uh, I think, I in believe it's, it's based in Canada. So he's, I believe he's in Alberta. And that makes sense. Um, he is Canadian. And this is a story about his childhood. And how he came to be, and he had a love. Story. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like in the, yeah. the eighteen late 1800s, right? So basically, in the film adaptation of Origins, yeah. like one segment from the graphic novel is featured in the opening sequence of this movie, right? But that, and they, that's that, where you see him um, unsheath, unsheath his claws as a kid for the first time. And right. That scene is actually in the graphic novel in this incredibly like dramatic and like insane moment. Um, cause the fact that he developed his powers that young, it tore his family apart and the way that it kind of plays yep. out is really just, Oh God, it's so fucking good. Right. Oh, uh, it's like, it's like, it's like cold the, mountain, you know, the, the X-Men movie, you know, like it, it's, it's set in the wilderness. The, the dramatic content is beautiful. The, the fucking characters are just fleshed out. And it's just such a good fucking love story. Right. I'm so fucking disappointed when they just made it into another action movie. Like, they could have gone so many different directions with that. But they would have made Wolverine kind of a puss, you know? I think yeah. I think you're right to say that yeah. it's it's all we have seen lately is a really soft Wolverine. And to see him go ham was really refreshing. Yeah, I was, that had me yes. so excited. And, oh, sorry. For sure, for sure. I was just like, freaking finally. Like, finally we're starting to see his character a little bit more. Yeah. Sean, you were going to say? So I just, the Roxy brought up a great point with, with how Wolverine's family was torn apart by him having his powers. And I feel like that's something that was in the first two X-Men movies. It was super heavy in the, in the plot was how this affects people and their families. And I feel like now, even though I love the new movies, they've gone more towards superhero spectacle and less for the character development of how this, like the realism of how this would affect real people and how it does tear families apart. Which is what was so successful about the original X-Men movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yes. Because they were great movies besides being just comic book movies. They, they told a story and honestly, from the point of view of Brian Singer, who himself dealt with plenty of persecution growing up as a homosexual that he was channeling that into it and I feel like he doesn't do that anymore and I'm not sure why well so it's interesting and it's because it's almost like because they established in Days of Future Past that the mutants saved the world from you know a, an event that was cataclysmic because they we saved the world from another mutant they're not all bad so automatically that bought mutants as a species a tremendous amount of credibility in society. So there's not as much prejudice. The thing is that they they established that like really early on now. So yeah. everyone's like, okay, so... So there's less conflict. People can see mutants in public and it's not as weird, yeah. basically. So, which negates the first X-Men movie, basically. Yeah. Right. I kind of want to talk about Mystique's character in this. Mm. Okay. Because I was a little disappointed... Um, she was a little too team leadery, motivational speechy, yeah, like rah rah sis boom ba kind of person. Which <laughs> I'm like, you're supposed to be somebody who's kind of on the cusp between bad and good. And like right, right now in this particular series, Mystique in the comics is a bad guy who decides to go good just yep. for a little bit in order to save rogue her daughter from apocalypse but i mean that's obviously a whole other thing that they've have not incorporated in these movies which i understand but like <laughs> but like there's not 
I don't know. She wasn't yeah. she wasn't playing that dual role. She was a little too eager in this movie and yeah. um was I think lacking some of the conflict <laughs> and some of the depth that she's probably shown in previous movies. Yeah, and I was kind of disappointed by the fact that like you know, when she meets Nightcrawler for for the first time in an alley, you're like, "Hum. You look like a guy I used to fuck, but but your <laughs> but your skin is blue and his skin was red and you have the same power." I wonder if you're my kid. Like that <laughs> like, 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 I wonder if you're the kid that I abandoned when I was, you know, when he was a child. Oh, like, yeah. they didn't touch on any of that, and I was kind of disappointed because they've yeah. clearly established, set that in, that precedent in X Men First Class, and the, mm-hmm. I mean, or they didn't clear it was, but they implied the shit out of it. Yeah, and they you, showed Azazel, and they show her go off with all of them. Exactly, and there's that ten years where like you don't know what happens to her, and that's probably mm-hmm. when they had a tryst yeah. and conceived Nightcrawler. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you know. That was kind of team mom. I think that the uh, the whole like mutant fight club thing was awesome. I thought that that was a super cool device. Yeah, yeah, it was that they used. However, the what they got out of the end of it with Mystique, I does anybody think that maybe Jennifer Lawrence had something to do with that? Like throwing her weight around. Like I want to be kind of a good guy. I want to be like I want my character to be bigger, and so that's the the best way that they could do it. No. I mean, she's gone on record as saying if they're going to do more X-Men movies, not only does she want more money, but she wants to have Mystique have more to do. Well, yeah, I so, think it's because she's just not Holly Berry said the same thing in the first X-Men. I mean, I think, that's, I think it's totally fair to, like, not be interested in it, but I don't think that means she's throwing her, her weight around. I think probably feeling a little nah after this experience, she's probably like, I'm over well, it. Well, let's put mm-hmm. it this way. I don't think it's her. I think she's got a damn good agent. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, there's because, that. Um, yeah, there you go. I mean, seriously, like, I think that's what it comes down to is like, she's got, she's two for two for when it comes to Oscar nominations. Well, now two for one or two and one, I think, because she got nominated for Joy, right? She yeah. didn't win for mm-hmm. Joy. She lost. Yeah. So she's got three nominations and two wins. So she. What? No. Three nominations, one win. What do you mean? She didn't win for Winter's, Winter's Bone? Winter's Bone, uh, Silver Linings Playbook, which she won, and then Joy. But she won for Silver Linings. She... I thought she got, I thought she got, she had two Oscars. Already. No, she's only got no, one. No, she nom- nominated for Winner's Bone, won for Silver Linings. Thank and you. And then nominated it. for Joy, but Brie Larson won. Well, of course. No, definitely. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that she won this year at all. I just thought there was another movie that she had won an Oscar for. So, um, well, it was fine, not whatever. Quite. <laughs> Point okay. being, she's an Oscar-nominated and Oscar-winning actress. Yes. Yeah. Multiple nominees mm-hmm. and a winner. She carries a lot of weight. Yeah. So she did say something about how um, both her... Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy are all, all under contract negotiations, and if one of them goes, then all of them go. Yeah, they would kind of united and said, yeah. "Do you want one I of us?" I think they've got enough pull at this point to to make that decision together. I mean, Fassbender as Magneto is fucking awesome. Like yeah. he he yeah he, yeah man. and oh McAvoy destroying Auschwitz. <laughs> yeah, like and McAvoy, so good, so fucking. He cool. he. When I heard him in this movie, I'm thinking, my God, he. He's doing Patrick Stewart's voice younger, and it's like you didn't. At first, I didn't catch it. I just thought he was doing a really posh British accent. But I caught it this time and realized that it's uncanny how much he got like the the shape of certain words identical to Patrick the way Patrick Stewart would say them. That was my favorite tree. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might have been my favorite tree. <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually very funny. That was pretty funny. Great. There were some there were some good moments in this. I thought there was like the, I thought the humor in it was really good. Obviously Quicksilver is always really good comic relief and yeah. so that was um What do you guys think about the fact that Quicksilver and the whole uh, lineage with uh with Magneto You mean the way it is in the comics? 
What's that? The way it is in the comics? I mean... Yeah, yeah I, I thought that was completely just... It was just kind of thrown out there. It was I, really Maybe it, it might make a bigger plot point in the next one. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It, does, it seems like it's it's weird that they didn't they didn't touch on it at all in Days of Future Past, even though every, all the audience knew. But he's like, it looks like a guy my mom used to know as, as far as it went. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, okay, in the next movie, they're going to actually address it. And they do address it, but he's like... No, maybe I'll tell him one day, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" No, the, you had plenty of other shit you could yeah. have cut out and put that in. The biggest, the biggest problem I think I had was that this is now 20 years after First Class took place, right? And Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence can get away with it because her her mutant power is she's a shapeshifter. She could choose to look whatever age she wants to look, mm-hmm. fine. But Havoc, Beast, Xavier, and Magneto all look pretty much the same age. They've just changed your yep. hairstyle a little bit to fit yeah. the, the period. Yeah. That kind of well, bothered me a little bit. Isn't there the, there's supposed to be the whole thing that because they're mutants, they age differently or something like that? And I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> Everyone really Everyone has thin. a little bit of the Wolverine gene. I'm like, Everyone's that's a, a little... that's really thin to me. Oh, yeah. Because Wolverine's yeah. the one who's looking the oldest out of all of them at this point. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's the one who's looking like he's really freaking aged. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's, what's going to, I mean, what's going to happen? Because you're not going to keep these actors around forever. Yeah. So, you know, they're yeah. going to eventually have to recast a lot of these people anyway. Well, I think yeah. with Fassbender and with McAvoy, they cast them at the right age where they could use them for years. Sure. Um, and they can get away with it. They just have to age them up a little bit more. But when it comes to... And I think by casting, starting the X-Men off right when they're just getting ready to finish school is really smart, too. Because then they've got they've got Gene, they've got Cyclops mm-hmm. for the long haul, they've got Nightcrawler for the long haul, too. They could do... 10 years of movies and it doesn't feel ridiculous because they can we can grow along with them. Well, the next one's going to be in the 90s, right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. So the thing is that they're not going to wait 10 years to make it. They're gonna, they're going to do it in like 2 years. Exactly. So if, if they and, and they the set is, up the 90s thing. Yeah. But the thing perfectly is perfectly at the very end where they're like, "Look, Cyclops has got the fucking outfit you yeah. love. They're Look, in the danger room." Here's the thing. <laughs> I just going to say one more thing before Sarah makes her point. The technology for only slightly aging somebody up like with prosthetics that looks like genuine looks real has been around since Godfather part two. Like it, there's no excuse why they couldn't have used that minor prosthesis to make those actors older, a little, just a little bit older, you know, put in a couple laugh lines on Xavier. It's not like he doesn't laugh or just not like he wouldn't have them, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. That's all my, I'm mm-hmm. saying that was, that part was a little lazy to me. Yeah. Real quick, uh, Sean, to your point, you, fucking the danger room. Oh my god, I was so that was pretty cool. I was that so was excited sick. to see that. Um, although it is really dark when you think about the fact that it's just like now Xavier's raising his own personal army. It's creepy, but uh. um, he's like training kids, you know. So that's yeah. that is a little creepy. But aside from the child soldier aspect of it, well, that's it's been creepy forever though. Hasn't I know, it? but like, I only think about the very first. Un- but I uh, only X-Men thought con. about it now. Okay, <laughs> and I and and like also. When you're, like, watching the X-Men animated series, like, with the exception of, like, Jubilee, who was the only teenager, all the other ones were adults. So I assumed that at least they turned 18 before they were drafted for Xavier's personal army, you know? Like, so, anyway. Okay, so, well, and the other thing, I think the only reason why they may not have had uh, Jubilee be an actual real figure in this particular movie is because if they're moving to the 90s, Jubilee is such an iconic kind of 90s oh, character. Totally. So I think they might actually yep. have that kind of dynamic of where here's the X-Men team that we've had that we've had for a while. 
let's bring Jubilee into it. And then so she's got to kind of be that new person who's kind of coming into the dynamic. Well, so that, and that might be that might be a that. thing that they try to go for. I'm just yeah. guessing. No, totally. And I think you make a good point because by that point in the comics, the X-Men had expanded so much that they had sub teams, right? They had yeah. Team Yellow, they had Team Blue. Mm-hmm. So they might be able to like, I mean, it's going to sound as ridiculous as a title, but they might be able to do like an X-Men Blue movie or an X-Men Yellow movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're and, different team captains and then exactly. having Storm actually be like a real team leader right. and stuff exactly. like that would be really cool. I also really appreciated the fact that um, I didn't like Cyclops very much in this movie, which is very consistent with me altogether throughout X-Men <laughs> is that I just never yeah. been a big fan of Cyclops because he's yeah. kind of like too much of a jockey bro and yeah. like... I yeah, love that they no. gave him the 90s visor at the end of the movie, though. Oh, hell yeah. That was pretty cool. But um, well, the thing I will say is that as far as going back to Xavier raising his own army, mm-hmm. is, you know, I get that point. If we're talking like the Avengers, where, like, their job is to stop cataclysmic events happening by people who you can't have control over. And they do do that. But yeah. they only do that when it, the, the, the X-Men have done a really good job of pretty much only interfering when a mutant's involved. Yeah. Because they feel like they have to be the advocates for saying, no, we're, we're not all bad here. We'll use some of our own people and we'll just take this guy out. Yeah. Um, that's always been their MO. And I think I'm okay with that. Like they're almost like the mutant version of the Avengers. And I wish that Disney would just write a fucking check for $4 billion and buy, and buy just for the X-Men. And yeah, maybe put in a clause to get Fantastic Four back too. Four billion dollars, Brian? Are you fucking kidding? Well, that's what they, they bought, bought Marvel Star for. Star Wars for two. They bought Marvel for two. And they bought Marvel I for thought. four. That being said, yes, I think it is because honestly, Fox is not going to take anything less than that. Mm-hmm. That's what it is because Fox is is they know that Disney. First off, Disney doesn't lowball, and no, number no, no, one, no. number two, they know if they're going to. Fox gonna... would have to give up Fantastic Four too if they wanted for four billion. They'd have to give up Fantastic Four. No, I agree with that because I mean, look, they already gave up. They already gave up Blade. They already gave up uh, Daredevil. Blade's Blade's rights expired. New Line wasn't doing anything with it, and they expired it, and so they're now working on a Blade Netflix series. That's all there is mm-hmm. to it. Um, but when it comes to the X Men movies, I mean, Stan Lee in a desperate move to save Marvel from from closing in bankruptcy, sold all the intellectual property of X-Men and Fantastic Four to Marvel. Or, to, sorry, to Fox. Yep. Marvel licenses Fox yep. to do the comics of those characters. That's how fucked up mm-hmm. that deal is. Yep. Like... It's not that fucked up, Brian, because without the X-Men movie, then this huge series of movies we've had in the last 15 years wouldn't have happened, and then comics books wouldn't have bounced back. That's Like, that had to happen. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if Marvel were to go in and make that kind of deal today, Fox knows they're sitting on a gold mine, so they're not going to let it go for cheap. That's all I'm saying, is they're going to drive the price up. So I was saying, if you just cut that shit and say, we're going to write you a check for $4 billion... To account for the the lost income you would have made if you made another ten X Men movies, then great. Or they'll may broker a deal like you did with Sony and like say, look, give us X Men. You guys can help pay for it and split the profits. But we want X Men back. I really just want to see an X Men Avengers movie. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. you want what you want, Brian. We all want to see it, Brian. Tough noogies if you can't get it. How about that dream <laughs> sequence, you guys? Well, I just got third graded. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Yes, what did you guys think about the uh, the um, um, uh, uh, Apocalypse versus Ma- um, Professor X uh, dream sequence battle? Oh, and then was in it, his was mind? It a dr- I wouldn't call it a dream sequence. No, it was kind of like a mental battle. It was a mental, yeah, battle. The mental, mental battle. battle. I think it's the only way that they could easily and just and justify pulling off Apocalypse's size-changing power. Yeah. That was the only yeah, way. That was, I, that was I enjoyed cool. it. 
It was good. I thought it was super cool. Yeah, I, I think I enjoyed so many pieces of this movie and it disliked so harshly certain pieces of this movie is why I, I think it's average. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think know. the the mental battle scene is the only way you could make a mental battle look interesting. Yeah. Because otherwise it's not. Otherwise they're staring at each other very, very it, no, <laughs> no, it's like the freaking, it's like that goddamn episode of South Park where Cartman thinks he has like mental powers and like it's those two groups that have mental powers and they're just like looking at each other like, shh, no, 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 no. Like, like with their, <laughs> they're, just, they're just saying sound effects at each other and holding their hands to their brains like, shh, no, 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 no. Well, if you really wanted to do it, if you really wanted to do it like they did it in the animated series. Yeah. If you really wanted to do it well, how they would have done it in the animated series, it would have just been like Xavier touching his forehead and uh-huh. then like these waves come out yeah, of his forehead. Yeah, that's right. Well, Laser blasters. Like Jean Grey had the same thing. She had like the little like circle like one. But hers were like magenta for some yeah. reason and his were. <laughs> well, yeah. because you had to like designate whose was whose. Exactly. Uh-huh. Who's, who's? Yes, exactly. Oh, I will say, speaking of which of magenta, the Ivan Ooze argument about Apocalypse, I think now that I've seen the movie, was, was, just, was just a little overdone. I think people saw the picture because they saw Mystique's power. Of the pink lighting. Yeah, because the pink yeah. lighting, because Mystique was using her power, and everyone freaked out and said, oh my god, he's purple. <laughs> yes, his makeup still looks a little Ivan Uzi, but he's not, He it wasn't, it, he's got pale bluish skin. Yeah. And the armor looks a little Ivan Uzi, but it was not nearly as bad as everyone was saying it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Oscar Isaac was so miserable in his makeup that oh, sure. he was like, he complained. Basically, he he was living in a sauna. That yeah. having, he I'm, could barely like breathe in that thing. I'm no, not surprised at all. And he, him actually experiencing trying to act in his costume was like doing kabuki theater. He compared it to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was I heard absolutely about that. unnecessary. It was completely unnecessary to even do that as traditional makeup. And to your point, Brian, and Sarah's point, Sarah's point was earlier, the the effects seem lazy. Yes, true. Uh, Brian's point earlier about aging, it's like we've seen the digital aging done so perfectly in Captain America Winter Soldier. Yep. Or, or was it Winter Soldier? Yeah, Yeah, where they made uh, Peggy Carter so old. That's all digital. They've made... Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart looked so young in X-Men The Last Stand, and that was in 2006, and it looked perfect. Dave, Why the fuck did they do traditional makeup when they could have made him look like Apocalypse by doing digital shit with him just, you know, shaved head with some little dots on his face? They could have mo his eyes white wanted, like they fucking should yeah. have been. I mean, if you can make the vision exactly, like the but that you know what? Did, Maybe you know? this is all because they rushed this movie too much. They wanted to get it done too early, and, that's, and, and to compete with fucking... Civil War because everybody's got to fucking pull their perspective. Can I can I pause genitalia it? out and measure? Can I pause? Mm-hmm. Can I pause the theory here? I actually honestly don't think Fox is doing too well. If you really think about, I mean, Deadpool was tremendously successful, yeah, mm-hmm. hugely successful. But they they weren't banking on it. They gave that movie sixty million dollars, right? Yeah. They cut the budget from Fantastic Four at the last minute. They may have cut the budget on this movie at the last minute. I'm not saying they did. But I'm just saying, like, if they're not willing to fork over that much money for properties they believe in, maybe they just don't have that much cash in the bank left. Maybe I, they're, yeah, I, maybe they're struggling. Dear Fox, I'm pretty sure they're. Let's struggling. start. This is an open letter. Yeah, I mean, they, open letter right here. Dear Fox, fucking let go of the Simpsons. You're paying every actor on that show exorbitant amounts of money, and it's yep. fucking everything else up. Let go of Family Thank Guy you. too while you're at it. Yeah. Um, and I like Family Guy, but I mean, it's it's it it's lives time. on Hulu now. It's time. Um, but think about this. Fox is also trying to make a theme park that's all Fox themed. They're trying to make more alien movies. We won't even go there. But I'm just saying that like they're trying to Avatar Land. Mm. Avatar Land. They're trying to basically bank off of properties they know have made a shitload of money to 
move forward and like, well, where's all your original stuff, guys? Come on. I mean, doesn't Fox Fox owns a few other things? Like Fox owns AMC, which is doing great right now. So like they they own. I think their yeah. TV properties are probably more successful currently. You guys well, seen Preacher yet? I mean, not yet. Not, I want awesome. to, but so yeah. but so they they own a lot of really good and interesting things but their movie studio does seem to be struggling but don't they also own like one of the indie studios that seems that's i'm trying to think well i mean like, news corporation well, owns a bunch of shit yeah there's like fox searchlight and yeah news like that. corporation like, also why don't they why don't they borrow money from a bunch of fucking dirty republican fat cats and then put that money into the movies yeah yeah, yeah. call it rupert the ones Murdoch. that they hey, have rupert, as pundits we, on their shows yeah yeah it's it is a little it is interesting to see what's going on because I, I also feel like maybe their mainstream studio, movie studio, is struggling, whereas other things are probably doing really well. Sean. Go ahead. So before we get to feedback, everybody, let's all talk about our final thoughts on this film. Uh, final thoughts. Um, I think when I – I think I'm sticking with what I said when I, the movie was over. I gave it a solid B-. Um, it wasn't It wasn't great, but I was entertained. It's probably not one that I'm going to rush out and buy on Blu-ray and definitely did not live up to Days of Future Past. However, it didn't make me hate the X-Men. It didn't ruin my childhood or anything that other angry nerds will say on the internet. Mm. I'll give it two out of five Captain America pecs. I think it's my new rating system. He has I'll give it five. Not he doesn't have a six pack. He has a five pack. <laughs> no six pack. Six okay. pack. No, thank you, Sarah. I think I did. I'll give it two out of six. Captain America packs. <laughs> I give it schnick 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 three adamantium claws <laughs> out of six. Um, wow. No, 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 no. It wasn't that bad. Um, and I, I agree. Actually, I'm gonna basically go with Sarah's point. I'll say B minus C plus. Mm-hmm. Did not ruin the franchise for me. I will still see the next X Men movie. It it did not deliver the way I hoped it would, but there was plenty of stuff to enjoy. Yeah, I feel like it's going to so. take a lot for me to hate the X Men franchise. It, the, even the Last Stand didn't make me hate it. I was just really, I was just, <laughs> I disapp- got really close. With I that just, movie. I was very disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> Sean. Yeah, I feel the same way about this movie as I felt about so many movies that have gotten so much shit on the internet from people who have nothing better to do than just like pick apart these things. When it's just, it's, it's a movie. Did you pay your ten bucks? Did you did you feel like you got ten bucks worth of entertainment? And I feel like I got that. The same thing with like Batman versus Superman, and and the people that I had problems with even X Men Three: The Last Stand, like you said. Unless it's a complete dumpster fire, and the dumpster <laughs> happens to have a bunch of aborted babies in it, oh like God. like like unless Green Lantern or something like that, it's like uh, enjoy it and shut the fuck. Yeah, so, this was not it, fantastic. There was or enough bad. in this movie that I that I enjoyed. I could say I enjoyed it. It's good. I'm yeah. gonna buy it when it comes out because I'm a completist yeah. and I have to have every X Men movie ever made. I so, own X Men Origins Wolverine. I never watch it. So so Sean, let me let me ask you this. So if the movie was credits. No, X-Men Apocalypse. And then you just saw two grips roll out a dumpster. And then Michael Fassbender came on screen and lit it on fire and just stared at you and ate a sandwich and ate, and stared at you and ate a sandwich and then cut to black. Would you still have enjoyed this? Well, that would be the best movie I've that was the best movie I've ever seen. Do you, you do you know who you're talking to? I'd be like I would just be I would be in there, everybody would be horrified, I would be slowly clapping, and then I would immediately start screaming at everybody else that wasn't clapping and be like, You get up, Cretans, and you enjoy this dumpster fire. This is high art. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no, I. Um, you don't get it, okay? <laughs> you don't get it. He's talking about society. <laughs> I like seriously want. So- I want somebody to have said that in like Fantastic Four or something like that. That stood up and said, "No, no, you guys don't understand. This is social commentary on how bad comic book movies have gotten." Or like, like came up with some like totally bullshit reason as to why oh, you that would have been brilliant. Like really, that movie the- would have won Best Picture. Like the artist. Seriously. <laughs> Speaking of credits, what did you guys say of the post credit scene before quickly before we, we wrap? I up? didn't quite understand it. You, what was it again? Explain it to me. Essex Corp. Oh, what is Essex Corp? I, I looked like... it up on my phone and was like, eh. What, what really? is it? What is it? Yeah, it's this corp. <laughs> named Essex. That's <laughs> a corp name, Essex. Asshole. It's probably just some evil corporation. It was that forgettable. I looked it up and was like, Essex Corp? What is that? And I looked at it and I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. So, well, all right. Probably so, one of the most underwhelming post-credits. Well, so, yeah. so some people argue because of the success of Weapon X, they, that, so Nap, who he's been on the show, obviously, before, we, we actually saw it with him um, when he was in town. He couldn't be on the show. He was saying that it's probably going to allude. It might allude to X twenty three. Oh, this says actually, which is Wolverine's female clone, basically. Oh snap! Yeah. So old two claws. When I did, okay, real quick. When I did a search on Essex Corp, the first thing that popped up was Mister Sinister. Oh, oh. So if that's the case, I'm a hell of a lot more excited. Um. Um. It says, uh, during the 19th century, Nathaniel Essex encountered Apocalypse, who used his technology to transform Essex into Sinister. So Apocalypse created, like, created Sinister. Wow. So it might be one of those things where um, we're going to get Nathaniel Essex as probably a mogul who owns Essex Corp and then turns into Sinister. I've only known him as Sinister. Wow. So I didn't know that he had an origin like that. Interesting. I wonder if the cape. So yeah, the fancy one with the little thingamajigs. Yeah. <laughs> the one that makes uh, Well, I mentioned go, they're waiting wow. for Doctor yeah. Strange. They're waiting to see if Doctor Strange's cape works out because you know the last big red cape we had was Spawn and it was awful. And they're like, all right, let's try this big red yeah. cape. It, it, because we can blame that on the cape. Because we want we want a cape that's so flamboyant. Liberace will come back from the dead and go, that's too much. You guys, you guys, Edna Mode. Come on Edna now. Mode. No case. No case. <laughs> no case. Nah. Whoa. Uh, anyway, so that, if it's fucking sinister, I am far more intrigued. And because um, Gambit plays into that storyline. And so Ooh, I'm, I'm intrigued. That could work. Yeah, I'm intrigued. That might be how, that might be how they introduce Maybe. Gambit. Maybe. I like it. I introduce like it Gambit. <laughs> okay, Good let's stuff. get into feedback. Okay. Listener feedback. Yeah. All right, this is from Jade. Subject line is NOF, representation in media. Jade says, Hi, nerds. I've been a listener of both podcasts for a long time, but very sporadic. I'm notorious for binge listening to podcasts for a couple months at a time and then uh, stopping for months. Anyway, I found you through NOH and then moved over to NOF. I'm not a film nerd at all, but I really enjoy listening to your conversations. All the Akbar moments are awesome. The other reason is to attempt to keep up and be able to have a conversation with my nerd dad about movies and superheroes. I'm trying to get him to listen, but haven't succeeded yet. I wanted to give him praise about your tangent about representation in the Jim Carrey podcast. I listened to that part of the podcast a few times and thought about it for the last few days. When you first started your conversation, my first thought was, "Uh uh-oh, this conversation is important to have, but is so often had irresponsibly or with bias. Either way, she said in parentheses. 
Usually I listen to these kinds of conversations that end up fuming and ranting, not yours. While I see Sean's point about wanting to see how ScarJo plays this upcoming role in Ghost in a Shell, I disagree. Representation is so, so important, and it's so disheartening to see roles that are for people of color in the source material go to Caucasians. I think it's especially important when the source material is so integrated in the specific culture, which I believe is is the point that Sarah was making. And uh, she goes on uh, to say, Sean, I think your argument that no one cared when Nick Fury was played by Sam Jassic isn't totally valid. I remember reading many a complaint about this. So maybe I was wrong. People did complain about that. And they hate people of color. And that's not what I was trying. I, I See, I avoid things like that so much that I didn't even think about those assholes. But I see her point. People did bitch about it. And, um, he's, and he's, after a long think, after thinking about it, I, I love Scarlett Johansson. I think that's where I was coming from. Like, I want everybody to know that. I do agree after more thought about it. Yeah. People of color, if it's that ingrained in the culture, like you're saying with Ghost in a Shell, which is something I've loved since I was like 14, it's, it needs to happen. Yeah. Um, I do think it's important to mention that she is a person of color. She's of the Métis. She's a origin of the Métis tribe, which is a, a native group that's in Manitoba. Or that can trace back to their origins to Man- the Manitoba region of Canada. Manitoba. See, we're actually talking about a real life actual Canadian. Like I'm, I'm an immigrant Canadian, but this is a Canadian Canadian. So <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> yeah. Someone that stayed. Yeah, yeah exactly. And Jade uh, comes to us from Vancouver. So another pin on the map. Woohoo! Vancouver. So, oh, Bank send us city, a, bitch, send Bank, us another Bank city, bitch. Yeah, Boo yeah. Yes. Boo send us an email about Fuck how good you. the weed is. I want to know because I want to go. <laughs> I fucking love you. Yes, Vancouver. I love Vancouver. Clearly. <laughs> then fucking move there and shut up about it. Um, I fucking grew up there, so you shut the fuck up. It's like the people that go, I fucking grew up in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is awesome. No, Pittsburgh is a fucking garbage yeah. town full of assholes. <laughs> and the reason you don't live there anymore no. is because it's garbage. I... You just love your teams from there, and that's why you're always like, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Same shit, Roxy. Same no, shit. I've spent every summer um, my for the past 20 years, so like... Basically half my life in yeah. Vancouver. I mean, I did give up my Canadian citizenship, but I always, 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 always have love for Canada and Vancouver in particular because... Do they do they make you give up your citizenship to become an American or something? No, or I mean, once you become an American citizen, you technically have to um, renounce, renounce all, all former allegiances. But people do hold their passports. But you can hold on to your passport. And outside yeah. of the United States, you can claim dual. Yeah. But in the United States, you have to claim yeah. only American citizenship. Because so. America. Well, that's something because we got to fucking change. Um, I will say this about Vancouver because I do love that city. So many hot guys in BC. I know. Oh my god. So many hot guys and lots of heroin. Oh my god. When <laughs> like I, I said when previously. I was single, I was like, I think I need to move here. Yeah. No, I I'm gonna probably. Retire you, did you even said it in a Canadian accent like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was like, please <laughs> guys. Pecs. I think these I guys have everything like, I need here. Brian, they don't have poutine in Vancouver. What? It's French Canadian. It's French Canadian. Is it only in Quebec? Well, it's it's, it's it originated in yes. French Canada. I know that, but isn't it all yeah. over Canada? Well, no, now? no, because I knew a lot. I knew some BC people who had never had poutine until they had it in the states. Exactly. Oh well, yeah. then fine. In in Vancouver, all you need is Tim Hortons. That's yeah. all you need. Okay, so <laughs> some tin bits and some pecs. There you go. Saying. There you go. Tim bits. There you go. Which is ironic considering how he died. Um, <laughs> anyway, love our Canadian listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, our last email we're going to read for this episode comes from our old pal Dino. Oh, Dino. Dino. What up, Where Dino? Where you been? 
He says uh, he his subject is it's been a minute and a half. Uh, I actually shortened this a bit because he it was half for nerds on history, half for nerds on film. He did open the email by saying he feels really good that he's filling out the feedback form again, and it's been a while. Um, he wanted to share with us nerds. I don't know if yous have heard about this website. It's perfect for all the nerdonomy family. So I'm not sure how many of yous are into like fantasy football mm-hmm. or other ones, but football is a big one. He but there to is into an accent. Yeah, I did. That. Brian. Well, cause he does, he says yous in the email. Mm-hmm. So I ended up slipping into like some East coast Use. thing. He says it in all the emails. Yeah. Yes. yes. But I feel guys. It's like, but if I, it, it sounds better than if I do that, than if I say use guys, cause sound then, like Christopher Walken. Exactly. So anyway, but there's a movie website for fantasy football-ish things. Uh, if you have a theater and every week you have a certain budget to fill your eight screens, your goal is to beat your friends by having the highest grossing week. I figure it'd be perfect, especially uh, a new interactive way to get pissed at all the listeners beating you. You look really confused, Roxy. It's like if you have a fantasy theater instead of a fantasy team. So you have to you, pick the movies that are going to make the your, most money. You, yeah, you pick the movies to go into your theater yeah. that are going to make the most money. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's all about box office numbers That's as opposed to dope. stats. I'm super interested. Yeah. That sounds like a, lot, like a lot of fun. Although it seems it's it's too easy because everybody – like you can pretty much tell which movies are going to straight up print money which movies are going to fail to a degree or have a better chance of failing. And then the movies that are like art house pictures that are, it's like, it, it would be, it would take a lot of finesse. Like Deadpool would be great because I think you should factor in budget yeah. versus I think budget versus gross. Well, you probably have to factor in. I, mean, I, don't, I haven't seen this site yet, but you probably have to factor in um, like the, the entire top five or the entire top 10. And you also have to factor in like, project how much they're going to make not just like that they're going to be the the, t- the top but like what the order is and how much they're going to make mm-hmm. and that's a lot harder to do hmm. um but the w- website is fantasy well, you have to come up com. with a season you have to yeah. come up with a season you'd want to do it like april to september or something you couldn't do it all year couldn't do it late august you can do one for august or yeah you know don't <laughs> do it for august. Late <laughs> august release late august release would what we what we would call the playoffs I would do one for Oscar. The playoffs season, are usually. late August release time. You know, Dino, I think your questions are so great. Why don't we use that? We're going to use those as the open for our next episode, okay? Thank you all again so much, and hopefully that Nerdonomy League can be created. Your Greek friend, Dino, P.S. Sarah, congrats on your sharks. Let's go, sharks. He's only rooting for them because the pens can eat a bag of dicks, then choke on the dicks, uh, then be given CPR by Trump, only to have them kiss his left ass cheek. Yes, I'm from Philly, and yes, I hate the pens that much. P.P.S., I would love to hear an episode about the uh, MBFGW um, episodes. I don't know what that stands for, dude. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, okay. I am on it, yeah. Dino. I and got Dino, you, boo. I actually just Dino, rewatched My Big Fat Greek Dino. Wedding not that long ago. It's fucking awesome. PPPS. Oh, my God. Karma is a cruel bitch. My capture code would have to be three pen, for which I'm hoping that means either pens fail or three games short of the cup. Uh, which does not happen because they have no. won three games and they're one away from winning. Um, and the Pens only win three games for three Sharks. Okay, four three Sharks is actually going to be probably be much more uh, realistic at this point if the Sharks keep winning. So it's 3-2 right now. I'm trying not to jinx As anything. long as Martin Jones keeps saving their asses, we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did want to call attention one more thing before we go. We got in a little bit of a Twitter war with this dude. His name is uh, at, uh, Brown Man Light. He got pissed off because I told everyone to calm the fuck down about the Captain America being an agent of Hydra thing. And I just want to say, you know, like, guys, seriously, he is for the proof to calm the fuck down um, because he was yeah. he was saying, no, hell no, 11 million people dead. And like, yeah, because Captain America is responsible for the Holocaust. That 
it's just so ridiculous that people are getting so worked up over a fictional character. Uh, a yes. a one. Let me speak directly to this guy. What could be in a second? I don't know. Yeah. So I I get I understand that yes that Hydra was like the Nazis and if you guys honestly don't think this is just a publicity stunt by Marvel, it is. It is. And you think Captain America, the Sentinel of Liberty, is going to stay an agent of Hydra? No, this is a long con, guys. I think you're going to find out it's an even yes. longer con. He's been conning Hydra from the inside, too. It's a double con, I think, is what you're going to find but there out. There was all this sociopolitical discussion about how, like, this choice to make Cap a, the Hydra operative had something to do with... Um, it was anti-Semitic or something like that. Like there was some sort of like. Oh my god! But, of course, I have something that? to say to everybody who is this heated over this fucking bullshit publicity stunt. If you're getting this heated about something in a comic book, comic books which have changed a thousand times and yeah. they've got done publicity stunts like this another thousand times, I strongly suggest that. And this is a nerd who loves being inside and watching movies. Take a deep breath, walk the fuck outside, do something else with your life for 15 minutes, and then patiently realize that you're a fucking idiot. I mean, I, I Thank heard... Thank you. I, One option. Yeah, I heard the anti... That's what this whole thing is about, basically. It's, it's making this anti-Semitic argument about Captain America. And it's... Like, people are so quick to lose faith in a brand or in a writer. And what really upset me is that people were kind of making veiled death threats at the writer. And, like, that's... Yep. really not any better than what you're claiming Captain America I mean, it's for. kind of like how you look at the women who, you know, are going to be in the new Ghostbusters movie and people are blaming them for raping their child or raping their childhood and then threatening to rape them. So it's kind of like, you know, this yep. stuff, the internet's full of negativity and hatred, but it's also full of lots, of lots of positivity. So be the force for good out there. Be the change you want to see in the world. Yes. And uh, yeah, just, I, and I agree with Sean. Take fifteen be, minutes to yeah. cool the fuck off before you jump on Facebook and rage. Yeah, take a breather. Yeah, exactly. Facebook or Twitter and rage. Yeah. And to if the you universe. go outside and you're like, "Oh, there is nothing better in my life than to bitch about this on the internet," then find a cliff and you know what to do. By the way, just for those who don't maybe don't know these rules, if you make a death threat over social media, that's the internet. The internet felony. is a federal jurisdiction. That's a felony, and the FBI can come and arrest you. So. Be careful how you phrase things. Yes, there's free speech, but not if you're harassing or threatening violence against somebody. There's free speech, but there's still consequences for things. Exactly. Uh, thank you guys for sending us the feedback. We always appreciate it. You can do that. Actually, tell us, Sarah, how can our listeners do that? They can do it by going back in time and then leaving notes for us in our houses, our childhood homes. Oh, time travel breadcrumbs. I love it. Yeah. Mm, That's like the most efficient way. Um, but if you decide to take the long route, you can go to nerdonomy.com and click the talk to us button. That, but that just takes forever. Um, yeah, your tachyons <laughs> aren't working correctly. Nope. Um, you can also go to Twitter, Facebook, and, uh, Instagram and just search for Nerdonomy. You will find us. I promise you that. But while you're kicking around on our website, if you feel like clicking that donate button and giving us a little bit of cash money, that would be really awesome. Uh, but anyway, yeah, just the most important thing you can do, though, is tell your friends all about us and spread the word of nerd like yes. a bird turd. And guys, that was episode 150. 150. Man. Pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty awesome. We will celebrate something when we get to our four-year anniversary. Woo! But I just want to say, 150, guys, good job. We've been at this for a while. Yeah, Damn. we have. And this is our last show. Goodbye forever. Bye! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, can we say, or too, that we would, be way past, we would be way past 150 if enough donors got off their asses and gave us some money so that we could actually do this every week instead of every other week. 
We have slowed down quite a bit since we went to every other week. And if you want more, all you got to do is click that button. Yeah, you got to make say, it so all of us can have a livable, affordable wage in the Bay Area. Can I just say that's if, how much you have to donate? If every <laughs> single one of our nerds, just as nerds on history, if any every single one of our nerds on history listeners gave us five bucks, five bucks a year, we could afford to have everybody on here do this full time. Seriously. Yep. Seriously. Well, not really. I mean, we could we could afford to do it once a week and probably stay in the exact same space, but we would have better computer and we'd have a little extra cash to have the extra time to do this every week. I stand correctly. Direct. Uh, if every single one of our users, or our, our, our five thousand listeners, uh, subscribed to pay us five dollars a month for the show, we could afford to do this full time. So that without if you do the math, we absolutely could do that. Um, so if you think that we're five-eighths the entertainment value of Netflix, please give us <laughs> all of that money. Other than that, guys, um, until we meet again, it is that time. So um, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Bye. See ya. Bye. And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. What are you doing? Learning. <laughs> <laughs> what the f-